Hello and welcome to the Mortgage Insider podcast from Barclays. I'm Claire McPhail, a Business Development Manager for Barclays in the South East. And I'm Tony Rimmer, a Business Development Manager in the North West. And in this episode, we're going to be looking at the help that's been available for brokers during the pandemic. It's been a very fast moving and changing situation with lots of new information coming through all the time. Claire, what sort of things are you hearing from your brokers? Well, Tony, certainly we're looking at the future, really, trying to think about the impact of what's happened over the last few months and the changes that they've had to make um, to enable them to continue to support their clients. So a lot of conversations about how that looks like going forward, um, the use of tech and how that's going to help them build the relationship with their clients. I've had a number of conversations where the brokers have come back from furlough over the last couple of months and just the impact that that's had with them getting used to all the changes that have happened. So lots on their minds still. What about you, Tony? Well, yes, uh, very very similar, Claire. Lots of interesting journeys that uh, brokers seem to have been through and I agree with the sentiment that you mentioned there about getting used to the new technology as well. In this episode, we spoke to Sally Laker, Managing Director of Mortgage Intelligence, to find out how brokers are adapting to this new landscape. Hi, Sally. Hi, Tony. Hi, Sally. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Claire. It's good to be here. So let's jump straight in. How would you compare the current crisis to previous economic cycles that we've been through? Perhaps looking at the last credit crunch in 2008? I think they're fairly different, although there are some similarities. I think the credit crunch almost gradually unfolded all the detail as it went through its curve. That the, the moment that people were really aware of what was going on, when they were seeing queues of people outside of high street banks wanting to get their money out, worried that they were going to lose it, they lost trust in banks because they didn't quite know what was going to happen next. And I think that the biggest problem in for the mortgage industry was that that created a lack of funds uh, to offer out through brokers. With this crisis, completely different. And I think the reason it's so different is because of technology, first of all. Uh, if I had, as someone that runs three networks and a directly authorised club, if I'd gone out to all the networks and the club and said, OK, we're changing how we work now. We are going to expect everyone to transact everything online. We're going to go completely paperless in two weeks. I think my own colleagues at work would say, you have lost the plot <laughs> and I don't think this will happen. Yeah. And I think brokers would have put their hands up in the air saying, this is absolutely impossible. What is going on? However, that's what happened in COVID. Everybody had begun to look at a bit of teams, perhaps, and we're doing a little, some elements of the process online. But nobody was doing all of their business online. And I think very quickly, in two weeks, people were getting themselves set up so that they could keep in touch with their customers and keep in touch with their staff, because obviously once lockdown occurred, everyone was trying to get everybody working from home. We had everybody working from home in that as the week of lockdown. Uh, brokers certainly were more prepared, I think, perhaps than than um, anybody would have expected and were 
absolutely embracing the new technology. Thank you for that, Sally. I think in terms of what brokers have experienced perhaps then over the last six months, there has been some access to government schemes available, um, support around with, with various grants and loans available. Do you think that has actually helped the uh, broker situation? Uh, yes, I do, because I think there were initially nobody really knew how long we were going to be on lockdown and what effect that would take. So for some, they took precautionary measures by furloughing a number of them furloughed their admin staff, but kept their advisors so that they could keep and look after the pipeline and keep a pipeline running. Some took, when the government bounced back loans and the various loans that they came out with, some took advantage of that. And I think it was to be precautionary and good business sense to make sure that they're looking after their business. So I think all of those schemes were used in some way, in different ways, uh, by different brokers. And, and looking at the next steps with Rishi Sunak has come out with um, plans for jobs, hasn't he, over the, the last couple of months. Well, do you think that will have the same sort of impact? Or, or do you think perhaps we need to do more from a broker perspective now? I think the surprising factor to all of us when we were mid-COVID on lockdown and there was a drop in business in April and May. There's no question about it. Applications dropped. But I don't think any of us expected the recovery in June to be so fast. And June was pretty much a normal month, if not slightly better than any month in 2019. And the fact that it it went back to that so quickly, brokers were not slow in picking up on that and uh, were immediately doing huge levels of business and that has created yet another problem of course because I said when we were in COVID one of the things I said I did feel that there was going to be pent-up demand if people have spent three months in lockdown in a house that's too small with children a tiny garden they're going to want to move as soon as they can and maybe two people together thought they wanted to spend the rest of their lives together, <laughs> yeah, but actually decided maybe yeah. not after this. And they'd had time to think about their lifestyle. And what do I want to do actually now? Um, and is this how I want to be? So this pent up demand and then the stamp duty holiday meant that there's been a real surge in a demand for purchase. And I think that no sooner had they were they recovering from the lower levels, they were picking up on the higher levels. So I think from a business point of view, that's been great for brokers because that's going to enable them to manage their finances more. And of course, they were able to bring people back from furlough. I mean, that pent up demand that you talk about, that is what Tony and I are seeing every day from the brokers. They are overrun with business they are struggling to just get back to the amount of inquiries that they have got how for yourselves in your capacity how are you directing the brokers to be able to cope with that because what we are seeing is that they're so busy looking after today's business what's on today's agenda that they're not having a minute to think about what's coming up maybe in the future towards the end of the year, next year, with the schemes finishing, maybe with more unemployment, you know, if this is a bubble and the pent-up demand has slightly gone. How are you helping the brokers plan for that, maybe? Well, first of all, 
one of the things I will say is that uh, uh, what you're seeing um, when you're talking to to brokers is that is that frustration and that the huge amount of information that's coming down on a daily basis different products different criteria products withdrawn and i think that's where networks and clubs come into their own because we try to keep those brokers informed of that we have a special covid recovery page during covid it was a covid page of what was going on so they could click on that page and find out all the latest news at the moment, it's all about the recovery. Therefore, different service levels and, and criteria that's changing, we keep that up to date. And plus the fact they can call into our support desk and um, we will try and help them in every way that we can. I think what we need to remember um, about the intermediary side is they have been, I think they've been the heroes of this so far because they have kept lenders in business, they've kept us in business <laughs> and they've kept themselves in business. And they have done a fantastic job in looking after their clients. And they are they are the experts of changing their model to fit the economic market because we've had so many changes over the years and okay, credit crunch was a big one, but there's been lots of big change. And they are so resilient and able to switch their model to make sure that they are looking after their customers and surviving. It's been incredible. And I've been in the industry for too many years to put a number <laughs> on it and have seen all the change. And I think they are very well equipped to work with whatever happens. So right now, they are the biggest thing for them is to is the communication keeping in contact with their customers that's their biggest asset their customer base and the data that they have with that customer base and that's what they need to look at and going forward make sure that they're planning ahead and to be fair they're always planning ahead because on product transfers they're talking to customers six months, seven yeah, months in advance. Yeah, they have to, don't they? Yeah. So it's not, some, it's not that they don't do that already. They know what they need to do. But of course, at the moment, the immediate need is looking after those customers who are finding it longer to get to their end goal. I think uh, it's quite interesting what, what you're saying there, Sally, as well, about planning ahead. And I, and I think it is it is quite critical to this process. What other things do you think brokers can be doing to plan probably not even for the remainder of this year now, because it's upon us, isn't it? Christmas is, is, is nigh. But certainly going into the first part of 2021, what, what, what sort of conversations are you having with brokers about how they can be looking at that, looking at some of the planning? You know, when, when as you mentioned, stamp duty finishes at the end of March, you know, it's a, quite a big thing. It, it, it's keeping the industry quite buoyant at the moment. But when that does come to an end and, and we sort of perhaps fall off that cliff edge, what conversations are you having that can help support that? Well, I think that we all are aware that there's going to be an awful lot of work to do in that first quarter. It's going to be hectic. There's going to be a lot of phone calls to the different um, convincing and solicitor firms to try and get cases through. And so I think there will, that quarter, quarter one will be big for everybody. There's no question about that. Now, following on from that, it could be, depending on what we've seen and, and when furlough schemes are finished or what the follow-on schemes might end up being, it could be that that will give the lenders a chance to get back 
to normal levels of business. And I think most lenders are thinking that from quarter two onwards, there will be a levelling of normality. Um, Also, I think certainly I'm recommending to all brokers that have a number of advisors and staff to have an agile business. You need to be able to work at home in a nanosecond and you need to be able to work in the office. And I think that uh, also what we've got to be looking at in next year is what does 2021 first time buyer look like? What does the customer of the future look like? Because it is changing. Everybody that was working from home suddenly realised that actually this is quite pleasant in some ways and that I'd like a bit of a balance. So I think it might be in the future that businesses will say, well, let's let's have you in the office for three days a week and two days working from home. And it's, it's A, quite good for people's lifestyle and well-being, But also, from a business point of view, it keeps you agile because we're not sure how long COVID is going to go on for. Um, We need to be able to run our businesses through an office or through home working. And I think by having people doing a mix of both all the time, it's second nature. And so you've got to look at what your business is going to look like going forward and what your customers are going to want. Are customers going to want to come back into someone's office? I'm not sure that they do. And I think that's the thing that brokers will definitely feel, that technology is their friend. It's not the enemy. And I think we found that out. And we've also found out how essential brokers are in this whole thing. Yeah, in terms of the actual the advice they provide rather than potential robotic advice that, that we've talked about and we've as well for some time and I'd love to see yeah. how robo advice would have would have managed this. Um, what you're saying is that brokers are exhausted. They are doing so much, and I think it's not just the mortgage that they do. Brokers I've spoken to had rung their customers when the payment holiday was um, announced and said, "Look, if you've taken it, you might want to speak to me. If you're still thinking about taking it, let me talk to you and explain it." And even those that didn't speak to the perhaps the customers the first time round, when it was extended, a lot of them wrote out to their customers saying, you might want to speak to me now because this is a bigger decision. And the, a lot of them definitely were in touch with their customers on that. There's some really interesting stuff uh, and information that, that you have talked about. From a sort of technical perspective, what, what else do you think needs to happen in that space going forward? I mean, APIs, for example, would be something that, that comes to mind that has been sort of spoken about for many months. It, you know, APIs are around now, but I know lenders are quite keen to integrate this further, aren't they, within the process? Is that something that you're having a conversation with, with your brokers and, and some of the other platforms? Yep. Certainly, that's something. And that's been going on. That conversation has been going on for ages. And what I do think is, again, the fact that that the technology has moved so quickly from the broker aspect, that's going to now speed up the technology that, that leads on from that. And yes, we are. We are looking at the we're looking ahead. We're looking at APIs. We're looking at how that's going to make the transaction so much quicker. And I think we'll probably be looking at that perhaps could be mid next year. Um, I th- certainly it's all in it's all being worked on at the moment. And that will be a very exciting new step 
where from a broker point of view, it could save time with pre-population right the way through with, um, as you just said, API links to lenders. And I do think that one of the things, and that will all be great, but what we also need to do is try and speed up the end of the process. So we're good at, we've done a lot of work on the front end, but once you've got the mortgage offer, uh, we then get start getting into all the legal paperwork and land registry and all of those things. That is not working, moving at the speed that the front end is. I think, again, it's just, I mean, there's lots and lots of interesting things that you've said and you could probably talk all day. I think from, from my perspective, again, it's just putting myself in, in the shoes of the broker. And I know with everything that they've been through, as you said, with the challenges of, of trying to place cases and get cases through, some of them are even looking to diversify. Some that are focused just in the mortgage market and now doing more protection, more general insurance, you know, even looking at other parts of the business. Is, is that something you're seeing, uh, Sally, in, in, in the conversations? I think it's certainly it's certainly something we've been working on um, to, again uh, this year and will be continue to work on. It It's a way of bulletproofing your business a bit in that you've got a diff if you can if you can look at the life and GI side and build that up and particularly it's more and more needed for customers because again I think it's made people aware of the fact that they're not invincible no one's invincible and I think that's what COVID has done and so we've been recommending that brokers use their data and at least always do an annual review. Keep in touch with your customer in the meantime, but an annual review with your customer of everything. Let's be honest, whose life hasn't changed in the last 12 months? So everything changes and in, in something, a, a crisis like this, but it actually changes if it's normal. So by going and talking to your customer, oh, my daughter's um, getting married, oh, okay. Um, and we all know how much a wedding costs, or so I've been told. Um, mm. It's about average 25 I've got grand. got four daughters. Oh, good luck. Good luck. You better start <laughs> saving now. So, you know, that's not something you can just pull out of a hat um, unless you were. I suppose you, you, you've got a good idea. You've got four. You've got, when they're 18, you might start, you better have something tucked away. But it's, it's all of those lifestyle events that happen anyway. Oh, thank you for your time yeah, today. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you very much indeed. Thank, thank you. you. It's been really nice talking to you. That was Sally Laker, Managing Director of Mortgage Intelligence. And that was the third episode of the Mortgage Insider podcast from Barclays. In each episode, we'll ask the experts the questions that you want answering. If you have a question, please do email us at mortgageinsider at acast.com. And please do subscribe through your usual podcast app, so you don't miss an episode. I'm Tony Rimmer. And I'm Claire McPhail. Thank you for listening.